Welcome to the Wolverine Digest Podcast, the best spot for objective and authentic coverage of Michigan athletics. If you want open dialogue, honest opinion, and in-depth coverage of the maize and blue, this is the podcast for you. And now, here's your host, Brandon Brown, joined as always by Chris Breiler. It is Wednesday, my dudes. I don't even know. What is that from? I don't even know what that's from. It's an old, it's an old vine. It is a vine. That's why it's only five or six seconds long. Okay, it went viral, and that's really all there is to it. There's not much else. Okay, he was interrupted by your question. I'm going to give the man his stage real quick. I'm going to start by saying, "Go blue." Let let the man speak, dude. Let him speak. I I don't know what I was thinking. (laughs) It is Wednesday, man. It's Wednesday. Feels good to be back. I do always look forward to these, man. I know we talked about them before. We talked about them a lot. We talked about them a lot, how we feel like we're coming around. We like our chemistry. Um, I think people are enjoying tuning in. We've got a pretty loyal following, which we still appreciate. We do, yeah. appreciate. And um, I always look forward to these. Like, you know, I know I've, I've got the day kind of worked out. And I'm like, all right, seven o'clock, roll around. Let's get on the live. Should be good to go. And uh, yeah, looking forward to that. So we will have a uh, on Friday, we will have a guest on to talk Maryland. Um, we're actually going to uh, record with him tomorrow. Maryland plays a basketball game on Friday night, so he won't be able to come live. But looking forward to speaking with him. We're going to talk about the Terps a little bit uh, today. Probably will come up and then Friday a lot will be focused on the uh, the matchup with Maryland on Saturday. And then, uh, yeah, should be a should be a good one. We're watching from the couch. This weekend, what are your thoughts on that, man? I think only the second away game we're not going to. We didn't do Nebraska, and we're not doing uh, we're not doing this one. Yeah, I'm excited for it. one of one of the things I you know when you get into this, I guess I I didn't take into consideration or didn't think of is I was so used to like my weekend routine with the family. You know, you wake up and your wife cooks something you know really good, and the family's getting dressed and decked out in the maize and blue, and it's kind of like a celebration. Well you know, we're, we're working on those days and I have no complaints about that at all. It's absolutely the best job in the world, but it is nice that like on a couple weekends throughout the season, you get to kind of sit back and maybe, you know, maybe put on some pants. I say this a lot. I think people think I have a problem not wearing pants, but you ask my wife, very rarely do I wear pants in the house and it's nice to just kind of kick back and chill and watch a game. Sex addiction. (laughs) Well, shorts. I'm wearing shorts, you know? Oh, I'm a shorts guy. I'm a shorts guy. Thought you were just, just nah, out. not in front of the children. My God, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what you do in your house, man. You do your thing, man. whatever you want to do. You think we're one of those nudist families. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. No, I don't know. Um, no offense to anybody bottom. out there. That maybe you wear know. bottoms, just not pants. Correct. Correct. Okay. Well, some, most oftentimes. Well, yeah. All right. Anyway, yeah. No, that that is a. It's just one of those deals, and you gotta, you know, your son. What is six, seven years old now? So seven, yeah. Getting into watching the stuff and wants to be there with good old dad, man. And yeah, yeah we're away all the all weekend. It's you know, you do forget about that a little bit. My little guy's a little young still. He doesn't really sit down and watch TV, but I like the idea of being around and it's just kind of part of his background. I, I Yeah, know, it's I, it's you know, when when you're a kid, you it's it's the nostalgia, it's the memories you right. you have it as a kid. Like I, I remember being a kid and 
hearing like Michigan games on in the background. And again, like Keith Jackson's voice coming over the TV. And I really wasn't paying attention too much, but it was just part of like the atmosphere of the fall season. And so, yeah, man, when we have the opportunity to do that, it's, I, I like being in the stadium. I like being in the press box, but it's nice to hang out with the kids and the family every once in a while. No, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And before we get any further, I, you know, people are pretty observant. I consider myself to be pretty, I consider myself to be pretty observant. I'm sure some people on this pod and this live stream are as well. I am, in fact, wearing the same shirt today that I did on Monday. <laughs> so, did somebody ask that? Nope, but I wanted to put oh, it out okay. there before someone else did because, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't want to be caught with my pants down, uh, proverbially. Is that All a word? Right. I don't know if that's a word. Same shirt. Uh, feeling good about it. I remember... Because I put it on only for the podcast that day. I had like a different, I don't know, like a bummy t-shirt on. I don't know. I was like, oh, I'll put this on. Looks a little bit more presentable. And uh, and so, CJ Frazier, I absolutely did not wash it. because okay, I well, it. So, All right. So hold on a I second. Cannot, so I wore it for an hour and then, put it, and then put it back on right now. So I just wanted to throw that out there, man. Chris has got an opinion developing. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, start, I'm starting to get a little bit concerned. And we didn't we didn't bring it up when we were on the last podcast, but you did confess to me that you ate trash the other day. And, <laughs> and now and now you're re re-wearing shirts that haven't been washed. I'm starting to get a little for those people, you know, we didn't we didn't talk about it with you guys out there. Oh, but Brandon, I'm I'm gonna air some dirty laundry here. Brandon I went out it. on Thursday. He had a really yeah. good night. Uh hit hit the sauce a little bit hard before we went out to Happy Valley and and confesses to me that he goes home. And apparently there was some tortilla chips that he wanted. His wife had made some good salsa or some, some dip or whatever guac, it was. Guac. guac. There, were, there, were, there were chips that were supposed to go with this guac. Well, his wife threw those chips away. Brandon, for some odd reason, decides to, he, he found them in the trash, which means I think he had, you had to go looking for them, right? Well, said, eh, I'll I, take a look. When I left, when I left, there was like easily half a bag of these chips left. And when I came back, they were nowhere to be found. And I'm like, yeah did my wife really cancel a half a bag of chips? Let me, and I, so I looked in the trash to see if she, if she finished them. And what so, I found instead was that same half bag of chips thrown away. That's, that's, that's uncalled for. I was just eating them before I left. She claims they were stale. She threw them away. I would like for you to finish the story because it's funnier coming from you so, than me. So, so there you have it straight from Brandon. His, his wife throws them away. She thinks yep. they're stale. Brandon comes home and in his drunken stupor looking for these chips and wanting Correct. this guac mm -hmm. says, hey, I'm taking these chips out the trash. They're still good. So in the process of eating these garbage chips, trash chips is what I call them. Mm -hmm. Brandon reaches into the bag and finds like what? One of those old toothpicks, one of those old flossing. There you go. Right. One of those in the bag. So this wasn't just like you know, kind of that Seinfeld episode where George eats the trash, but he, he says, well, it was hovering above the rim. This this wasn't hovering above the rim. It was in the cylinder and there was trash in the bag. So I'll let you, you know, when you take that evidence and then you you couple that with the fact that now he's wearing the same shirt that he was wearing on Monday, didn't walk. I'm getting a little concerned. This is sometimes the life you live as a as a as a as a reporter on the road. I, I, I got nothing. I can't even defend it. I, I came home and I ate, <laughs> I ate chips out of the trash, dude. It is what it is. There was nothing wrong with the chips themselves, so it was a mistake that they were thrown away. A mistaken I decided, identity? I decided to resurrect them 
and give them the send off that they truly deserve. <laughs> Dude, I've heard a lot. I haven't heard anybody compare yeah. eating trash to resurrecting food. That that, that is phenomenal. I gave I them. I gave them the life that they deserve. <laughs> Delicious lime infused rice tortilla chips. Lime infused tortilla chips with the homemade guac. It was it was a banger, dude. It was so good. I was so upset that she threw them away. There was literally there was nothing wrong with them, except for the fact that they spent some time in the trash and then had trash thrown on onto them. At least one piece of trash, a toothpick. But the toothpick was mine. Nobody else uses them, so I know it was mine. I don't know. It's it's. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. And yeah, the shirt, I mean, dude, I smell glorious. I'll put that out there too. I wore the shirt for like an hour and a half on Monday. Took it off. I still love you. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter oh. to me, Brandon. All right. So this is going to be a fan led show. Whatever kind of comes up, whatever wants to be talked about, we will get into it. But as I kind of look through here, um, uh, this this came up earlier. You know, honestly, man. And I'm, you know, I don't mind saying what I'm, what, I, what I'm gonna say. He's just not awesome at the the podium stuff. Hassan Haskins certainly is a great freaking running back. We all saw that on Saturday, and he was a representative with Michigan down in Indianapolis for Big Ten Media Days. But he's he's just not much of a talker. I mean, all the players will tell you that he's not a rah rah guy. He's more of a lead by example. So, you know, not that I wouldn't want to hear what he has to say, but I it, I think it could be tough to fill thirty minutes with Hassan Haskins. He just doesn't. He just doesn't say that much. He's a man of few words, and that's well, okay. But that that goes into our decision when we're trying to figure out who who would be good to have on. We want someone who's you know who's good to listen to. Yeah, and it's not easy to come on to. You know, some sometimes people. You know, a lot of times people pre-record their podcast. We do everything live, so you know when you step in, and you know sometimes there might be fifty people watching. Sometimes there might be two hundred people watching. There's even times where I still get tripped up doing it. And if you're a kid, you know, college kid, big athlete, not a big talker, and you just kind of want to do your thing on the field, like it would be cool to have him on. But I think it also puts him in an awkward position. So to Brandon's comments, we kind of. You know, there, there's a method to the madness as to, you know, who we go after and why we're going after him. Well, I wanted to throw this one up because this is obviously fresh in everybody's mind and we'll just kind of spin off wherever we want to go. Um, Mal from from the YouTube page says that Seton Hall, the loss to Seton Hall is going to help Michigan in the long run. I don't I don't entirely disagree. I mean, you know, losing an early one at home is probably not like, you know, I mean, they'd probably pick to do it a little differently than that. But. I mean, you know, basketball teams don't go undefeated. They're not going to win every single game. You might maybe didn't want to lose one this early and on, on your home floor, like I said, but it's a good team. I mean, they had size. They, their point guard was was massive, 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, Kid running the point, couple big guys that made it tough on Hunter Dickinson. Michigan did not shoot the three ball well at all, almost uh, didn't make one in the first half. Caleb Houston Looked like a freshman for the first time, really. He played more minutes than anybody, only scored four points, didn't make a three. I mean, it just wasn't a great night. I, I do – well, I'll, I'll let you go, Chris, before I dive into a couple specifics there. I mean, just the thoughts on losing right now, what it means for the rest of the year. I don't. Nobody's hitting the panic button, but, you know, a loss right. is a loss. It still sucks. I was honestly, I was surprised. I went, I went on a Twitter after the game just to see what the reaction was. And I was a little bit surprised to see what the fan reaction was. I mean, there's usually so much positivity surrounding the basketball program and there seemed to be like a good, 
good amount of meltdown out there. I'm not sure why people were freaking out. To, to your point, yeah, yeah Michigan's probably going to lose a basketball game or two. You, you don't want it to happen this early or, or against a, t- a team like Seton Hall, even though they may be good. But I'm not worried. I mean, this is a long season. They've got a long way to go. Juwan Howard is a good coach, and they've got a lot of good players. And so I'm not, you know, look – it's a long way to go. College football, every single game matters. You lose a game and and your big time goals are, are out the window. It's not, you know, you've got the regular season, you've got tournament time. For, for me, it just doesn't make any sense to be freaking out. I think this team's going to be just fine. I, I think they will be just fine. They're going to be really good. They've got a lot of talent. They're deep. They're still working out the, you know, the rotation with the freshmen and how Devontae Jones fits into everything. And he he made a couple bad plays down the stretch last night, but he was he was really pretty freaking good all game long. He had 12 boards. He does a really good job of getting into the lane and making things happen for his teammates. His float game is strong. But he made he made a couple bad plays down the stretch and ultimately may have cost Michigan the game. Like I said, Caleb Houston is so much better than what he looked last night. Um, you know, uh, an emphasis of getting Hunter Dickinson the ball down the stretch didn't seem to be there. I think that's a problem. I think the biggest thing for me, though, is that this is not a great three-point shooting team. And I, I don't know, I really don't know if that's going to be fixed throughout the course of the year. I mean, Eli Brooks can shoot it. Um, Caleb Houston can certainly shoot it, but he's a freshman. That's you're asking, I mean, you're asking a freshman basically to come in and try to pick up the slack for like Franz Wagner and Eli and uh Isaiah Livers. Like that's the shooting they lost. You bring Caleb Houston in and hope that he can pick up some of that slack, but he's certainly not going to pick up all of it. And Devonte Jones, it doesn't, he's a capable three point shooter. I wouldn't call him a knockdown guy from out there and he doesn't look for it very much. So yeah. I think three point shooting is going to be something you're going to want to watch all season long with the way the game is played nowadays. If another team can knock down a bunch of them, like Seton hall did that, this might be the result you get. I think that is definitely something to kind of keep an eye on, but I did yeah. see, did, did you see, did you see the stat that I think it was Zach Shaw had put up earlier about, um, Juwan Howard in, in, in games that were decided by five points or less yeah. versus games that were, I, I don't know. Do you remember what the actual numbers were on that? That was the first time that I had seen something like that. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well that there might be I a trend he there. Over. He was over in the close ones. I think over. Here, I'll, 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 pull, I'll pull it up if you want to. And then like 44 and 12 or something, I think, on the other ones. I mean, it was obviously a lot in the other direction, but. Right. It was the first time that I'd seen something where I was like, okay, well, that's kind of a trend. Yeah. Um, Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, here we go. I got it. So he says Michigan basketball is 0 and 6 under Jawan Howard in games decided by three points or less. The Wolverines are 44 and 12 in all other games. So is that, you know, in in those tight games to be what? 0 and 6 in games decided by three points or less at this point? Is that. Is that a concern? And I mean, I, I did see some of that out there that when there's trends like this developing with the football team, we don't have an, we have no issue talking about it. And I mean, that's certainly a trend that I think is worth at least to Zach's point, keeping your eye on. It's it's interesting. It's not good. <clears throat> I, mean, I mean, there's no other way to slice it. If you're oh for something, that's not good. I don't I mean, it hasn't been, you know, you play a lot of basketball games. He's you know, you play 30 plus in the season. So to have six of them be decided by that few of points. It's obviously not a very big sample size, but when you're over, uh, yeah, that's not, that's not a great look. I mean, I'm sure if you asked Jawan about that, he would, he would probably, I don't know. I don't know what he would say. He'd have to address the, the fact of, of the matter that they don't win those close ones. That's, that's something to pay attention to. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, it's it's really early in the year. You are working some young guys into the lineup. You're still figuring things out with Devontae Jones. I'm not, I'm nowhere near pressing the panic button yet, but no. some of the things that you saw last night were a little, a little, a little troubling. Three-point shooting, not really making good plays and good decisions down the stretch and not putting a, not putting a good team away when you had some opportunity because Michigan pushed it out to, what was the biggest lead? 14 or 15 I maybe? I believe so, yeah. They were up by a good bit. And uh, Seton Hall just kept it close. <clears throat> Excuse me, hung in there and and obviously took the lead late and uh, didn't give it back. So, yeah, a little bit, a little bit concerning but definitely, definitely not anything to worry about long term. But they're gonna have to they're gonna have to fix some things up. And Juwan Howard would would tell you exactly the same. There's no doubt about it. So, um, just something to look at and keep an eye on with the season as you move forward. Quick question from Mrs. Bryler. I think this is a strong one. Am I wearing Chris's cologne? Probably not yet, but you will be. Not yet. Do you want to do you want to plug your? Do we should we try to get a sponsor? No, no. Again, I don't want to give out my chili recipe. I don't want to give out my chili recipe. You can taste my chili recipe, but I'm not going to tell you what's in it. Brandon, I made the mistake of giving you the ingredients, and now you're going to start cooking it on your own. And so, it's it's already blossoming to a point where I'm I'm not. uh, Well, when you hear Chris, I'm I'm happy with it. When you hear Chris talk about what it's done for him throughout his life, (laughs) you'll understand exactly why every man in America would want this stuff. Listen, I do have to say, I have been in the doghouse here for the last, what, 24 hours. I've got to say, my wife, she wants the credit. For for all of you out there that ordered like a winged helmet beanie or an A2 beanie, that was my wife's idea. She, She was adamant that I give her credit for that on the podcast, so... There you getting myself it. out of trouble right now. Done. I mean, everybody knows who the real boss is uh, in every in every situation. I'm, what are we I'm the beauty. I'm the beauty of the operation. Clearly, I'm just the face of it. I don't know. Wait a minute. Oh shit. <laughs> well, well, well my to... wife is too. My wife is is also the beauty. Might want to book a few more nights in the doghouse. Right there. <laughs> right, I think this is the big topic too. Uh, I don't. Not official yet, right, Chris? You kind of sent me something on this earlier today. I think you saw it before I did. Yeah, looks like Mel Tucker is getting a monstrous, monstrous contract extension. Ten years, ninety-five million. Is that the right move for state? Uh, hell yeah, it is. I, I mean, I, I can't, I can't think of any reason why anybody would think that it's not. I mean, in year two, he's past Michigan. That there's, there's really no way you can argue against that. He's two and zero. Oh. He took a terrible team into Ann Arbor last year, albeit in a weird COVID year, and got a win. And then he battled Michigan on his home field and got a win this year when Michigan had to have it. They both had to have it. I mean, it was a it was a big must win game for both teams. But in yeah. terms of like where Michigan is, Jim Harbaugh's ten year seventh year in the the storylines and the narratives against your rivals, he had to have it. And Mel Tucker and his team showed up and won that game. Um, it's absolutely the right deal. It's a huge contract. I didn't I don't I didn't think it would be that much. That is. That is some that's some Cronkites right there. Mel Tucker doing well for himself. Uh, yeah, that that was the only thing that surprised me. I, I wasn't I wasn't surprised, obviously, that Michigan State was going to make a serious run to try to keep him in East Lansing because of what he's done since he's been there. But ten years, ninety five million for you know a guy who you know maybe doesn't have the best track record of you know being upfront and honest about what his next destination may be. I don't know. I don't know if he's actually signed the contract or what the deal is, but I, I will say that if, if the powers that be want to keep Mel Tucker and East Lansing, they have every reason to do so because he's, I think he's exceeded expectations since he's arrived in East Lansing for sure. 
I don't want to put your business in the street, Chris, but do you, are you okay with me reading the text that you sent me earlier? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. He said, man, did you see, did you see Tucker 10 years, 95 million? I said, wow. Cause I hadn't seen it yet. And he said, dude, they're going to be a big problem for a while. I won't drop the F bomb, but it's in there. And I mean, he's got them believing he's finding talent in the transfer portal. He's starting to recruit better already. I saw a big time safety from the state of Florida. I can't remember the kid's name. I don't think Michigan's involved had a top five with like four blue bloods and then Michigan state. I mean, that's you, you weren't seeing that a year ago. You just weren't. So he's doing a great job and he's going to get rewarded for it. I mean, is this I I see somebody in the comments said he got that Jimbo deal. You know, you win, you have one really good year, you get a monstrous contract, and then you, you know, water kind of finds its level. We'll see. Uh, but you pay for what they're doing and he's doing everything perfectly basically through two seasons. So uh, yeah, I think it's deserving. And if you want to keep him, you got to swing for the fences because his name was already brought up for the LSU job. It's going to be brought up for other big jobs yeah. unless you do something like this where you you know you can keep him happy, probably increase the uh, increase the recruiting budget, increase the assistant pool budget, all that stuff. It's all important, and that that definitely seems to indicate that Michigan State is serious about keeping him and being good at football. And and I saw something a couple of days ago. I don't know if it's the is, is it the football stadium, but they're planning on doing some sort of renovating or they're I mean, they are they are pumping money into this football program. And for anybody who thought that, you know, Michigan State football was going to go away, you know, when when Mark D'Antonio rode off into the sunset, it looks like, you know, one of those situations where I think they're only going to get better. And, and obviously, Michigan fans know that all too well after the first two years. Yeah, no doubt about it. I wanted to throw this up real quick, Jeremy from the from the YouTube page as well. I was I'm with you. Like Caleb Houston wasn't playing well. He's a freshman, so he's still figuring it out. I don't know why you can't mix that up a little bit. Just not having a good night, shooting it poorly. He got blocked a couple times. It just wasn't working for him. Maybe that's a chance where you sit him down and just let him, you know, let him let him cool off, let him see it for a little bit, and, and see what you can do there. I don't know who you bring in or what the rotation is. I mean, do you just, you know, do you do you keep Brandon Johns in there and bump him down to the three and bring in Musa Diabate so you've got a really big line? I don't know. I don't know what the move is, but I'm with you. I think when you're watching Caleb Houston struggle as much as he was for 34 minutes, I think he played, you know, you might might have been able to to switch that up a little bit and try to find something else. But I don't know. I think that's, that's an interesting thing to keep an eye on. Um, Zach Sandy, Sanday. Sounds like a fake name, but I'll read it anyway. Um, This was a really good question that Jamie Morris asked me on the radio show today. Will Hassan Haskins carry the load the rest of the year, or will we see more Donovan Edwards? I'm going to switch up the way it's worded a little bit because when they asked me, I really found myself being, being like, wow, I hadn't really thought about that angle before, and I think it's a really good question. If Let's say Blake Corum comes back healthy next week. Do you go back to the two running back back and forth thing? Or like, what what do you do now after you've watched Hassan Haskins be the bell cow for two weeks if you have a healthy Blake Corum at your disposal as well? Maybe maybe not even Edwards so much in the mix because what they were doing before was pretty much 50-50 Blake and Hassan with Edwards getting some carries here and there. I just think it's crazy that at two separate points this year, you could have the discussion like, that's the guy. Leave him in. Let the other guy be the auxiliary back. Because I know I said that about Blake Corum earlier in the year, and you could easily have been saying the same thing after watching Haskins on Saturday. Yeah, I, I just, 
it's hard for me to to see a situation where they don't, if, you know, if, if Blake is able to come back where they don't go back to rotating the two backs just because I think he does bring up a nice change of pace. But I think a lot of that's going to be on, you know, determine how the game is going. I mean, if Hassan's out there and he's lathered up and, you know, he's doing what he's been doing the last two weeks, it just, it seems difficult to take out, um, you know, a guy who's, who's gashing a defense for, you know, five to 10 yards every time and dragging multiple defenders on his back. Son Haskins is just, he is in a rhythm. He is in a zone. And if it were me and I was making the decision, I would probably keep Blake on ice to protect that ankle. And I would ride Hassan Haskins as far as he would take me all the way to Indy, all the way to the college football playoff. I would, I would ride that horse all the way. I, I answered it. I answered it similarly to what you just did. I said, if, if Blake's not without question, a hundred, a hundred percent, let him get there. Let him get yeah. to, a, I mean, Hassan showed he can be the guy all day long, every snap play after play blocking. He's knocking people on their ass, run the ball. He's grinding out 12 first downs in that game, catching the ball well out of the backfield. He's doing it all. You're not, you there's no, there's no weakness. There's no drop off. So I I'm, I'm kind of with you. I love Blake Corum. I mean, that's evidenced by the, by the numbers he put up. I mean, we had him on our show five damn times for a reason. He's outstanding. But if he's not 100%, 100%, I feel like you just let him let him get healthy. Let him figure it out. Let him get back when he gets back. Maybe he is 100% by the Ohio State game. Maybe it's after that bowl game, whatever the case may be. But I, I mean, Haskins has shown that he can he can stay out there all day. Dude, every, he, he's five. averaging 160, like 160 yards over the last two games. Yeah. I mean, he's he's running the ball very very well. And again, from 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 the outside looking in, I would have a very hard time disrupting that that momentum because it seems like that's the hardest thing to do. And you saw the Michigan running game when they started Big Ten play; they struggled a little bit. They weren't having as much success as they were the first few weeks. And now that the season's gone along, and I'm not saying that it's better because Blake's not part of the equation, but I think you're seeing the benefit of having a bell cow and letting a guy get out there and get lathered up and get in the rhythm of the game. And Asan Haskins is, he's embracing the moment. He's making the most of it. And I said this on the last podcast, I know David Ojabo is shooting up the draft boards, but I got to believe the NFL is watching Asan Haskins run on the weekend saying he could come do that for our team. 100%. Yeah. Uh, this is a real quick one. I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on this one, Chris. Is that Woodson whiskey in your background right there? It is. It is the Woodson whiskey. Now it's the individually numbered bottle. So if you were one of the lucky ones to get in on that, kudos to you. I haven't popped it yet. I'm saving it for, I don't know, man. Do you pop that for a big 10 title or do you pop it for a natty? Do I, I pop it for Ohio state? If we beat Ohio state, probably if we beat pop, Ohio state. I think you pop that as you're getting tattooed, Mr. Brightside lyrics on your body. <laughs> well, yeah, that might be it. That might that's be one, it. That's when I think you pop that. That's, right. that's looking more and more realistic as the days go by. Uh, I, this is, I, I couldn't help but notice this. Why do you guys think and, uh, Andrew Anthony is that Andrell's cousin? No, obviously just a, probably a title <laughs> or a or less, an talented, less talented cousin. <laughs> Andrew. The walk-on cousin. No, why do you guys think Andrell Anthony hasn't been involved in the last couple games? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. He only played 16 snaps on Saturday. It's just like we said before. Like, I just refuse. So, so now what's the defense? Because before I was like, why hasn't this guy been playing before the Michigan State game, and people said, well, he probably wasn't ready. Maybe he's not blocking. And I'm like, what, what did he just figure it out on Thursday before the game? That doesn't make any sense. Look what he did. And not, so now what's the defense? Now why isn't he, isn't he playing? And why aren't you targeting him six, eight times a game? Because he showed what he's, a, what he's capable of. I, this is, 
I know Michigan's rolling. They're nine and one. They just got a huge win, but this is kind of the, this has kind of been one of the hangups I've had with Jim Harbaugh and his staffs over the years is that they don't seem to utilize their biggest strengths and they don't put guys in a position to really flourish and wide receivers. One of the positions that maybe has, has been hindered the most because of that. And that's, that's peculiar. I mean, it's not like, it's not like they have other guys that are absolutely killing it. And you say like, well, Andrell's not playing because we just can't afford to take one of those guys off the field. That's not really what we're seeing. Yeah, I I do think didn't he he got banged up a little bit. Oh, yeah, he was um, banged up. And, and he played so yeah. So so there there might have been a little bit of that. But I think even beyond that, you're right that it's here's the thing: it's difficult to be critical about anything about this team when they just continue to win. And even even with the Michigan State loss, like that was you know by an inch or by a call, I guess you could say mm. they they've been winning this year, and so. I've, I've tried to, as somebody who covers the team and, and more so as a fan, come to terms with the fact that this offense just doesn't look the way I, I'm as a fan. I want it to look, it doesn't utilize the, the players the way I would want them to be utilized. But at the end of the day, that, that is what this offense is. And so you either got to ride or die with it. And I mean, I think for as long as Jim Harbaugh is, is coaching at the University of Michigan, the, the offense is pretty much what it is. It's not super explosive. It's not going to stretch the ball down the field. It's, you know, you're going to put a couple tight ends out there. You're going to load up and try to pound the ball down somebody's throat. And that's just the way he likes to play ball. So I don't know, man. I, I would love to see. <laughs> I would love to see. I want to see Andrell. I want to see Andrell on a slant. I want to see him on a deep post. I want to see them putting defenses on their heels and stretching the field. That's what I want to see. I want to see deep shots and punches and punches. But Michigan is is content with a fist fight and dragging people hate, through the mud. And I hate everything you're saying, but it's so true. It's so yeah, true. It hurts. <clears throat> um. Yeah, Matthew. While we're on this, while we're on this topic, he did. He got hurt, but I mean, if he's if he's playing sixteen snaps, to me that means he's not right. Like I, I just I can't remember ever in any of my years covering other, you know, covering the teams or, well, I'd have to go back and really think about it. Or but playing back, you know, when I was playing way back in the day, like you're pretty hurt, so we'll put you out there for sixteen snaps. If you're a little better, you might play like thirty or five. That's just weird to me. I mean, if yeah. he's if he's hurt, he's hurt. Don't play him. But he played 16 snaps, so that's well, especially if it, it sounded like. I don't, do you remember what the issue was? Because I thought it was somewhat related to like a concussion issue. I'm not exactly sure, but I, I don't if, remember. If, you know, if that was the nature of the injury, then yeah, having somebody out on the field for 16 snaps, it doesn't make any sense why you wouldn't get them the ball. Um, I wanted to throw this one up too, Colin Barron. Thank you for this comment. I this is this is interesting. Jamie asked me this on the radio show today too, and the way I think it depends on the way you word it. Colin asks. Do you think JJ gets any meaningful snaps in the last two games with played Kane with Cade playing well? And Jamie asked it of me. He said, "Does it bother you that JJ didn't play?" And I think it depends on how it gets asked. Will dictate how you answer. If you ask me if it bothered me, I would say absolutely not. Is it a little strange? I, yeah, I think it is strange because he, they just changed up what they've done with him all season, and that's odd to me. Um, if Cade's playing great, leave him in and let him play. I, I don't like two quarterbacks, even though I think JJ is very talented at all. You know, a game might look, with, look like with him running the show the whole time. I don't like the shuffling guys in and out at any point. I just don't like it. They're bringing in JJ. They're only using him to run for a while. Then it's like, they're I don't know. I just, I don't really dig it. So does it bother me? No, not at all. I think it's a little weird because it's different from what they've done all season. 
And as far as do I think we'll see him in the, over the last two games, I don't know. I, I, I'm confused now at what they're doing with J.J. because we saw him a little bit every week pretty much, and then this last game he didn't play at all. So I don't know. Where's your where's your head at with the QB situation right now, Chris? Because this is obviously – you know, something talked about a lot over the over the year, and you think he's a 99 overall in NCAA. I mean, where where do you put this quarterback situation right now? I've never been a big fan of the way it was being done before. Right. So if 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 the only alternative to what they were doing was just to have one guy play, then I would choose to have one guy play. So if if that guy, if that one guy is Cade, I'm fine with it. If that one guy is JJ, I'm fine with it. I get why they would want to try to get JJ some reps earlier in the season, but you're right. It is weird that like he was supposedly part of packages that Michigan were working into the offense. And now, you know, on certain games, that's, that's just not there. Personally speaking, I think he's going to get some reps against Maryland. I, I would expect, I would hope that that Michigan's going to lead comfortably in that game and give an opportunity for JJ to come in. But after that, I don't know that we'll see him again. I don't know that we'll see him against Ohio state. I don't know that we'll see him if, if Michigan gets beyond that. And you know what that means? I'm not really sure because it, it sure as hell looks like <clears throat> Kate is really, really settling in to that starting quarterback role. And the guys are rallying around him. You're getting the pats on the back. That's my quarterback. That's my guy. If Cade wants to come back to Michigan next year and, and you know, he's just engineered a what a 10 and two or an 11 and one or whatever their season ends up being. I, I don't know how that quarterback battle shakes out. It's going to get really, really interesting. Can I read, can I, can I read another text from Mr. Chris Breiler while we're on this topic? Absolutely. Cade McNamara. We posted the story. If you guys didn't see, go over to WolverineDigest.com. Check it out. He was interviewed by Molly McGrath after the game. He's getting a little choked up. I think Chris uh, Chris wrote the story and uh, presented it like it's getting – I'm cutting onions in here or something, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, a little yeah. Dusty. <laughs> it's getting a little dusty in here. A little, but a little something in here. Molly asked Molly McGrath asked him about it on, on the broadcast. Like, it looks like you're getting a little emotional. What's that all about? Cade goes on to just talk about the work that they put in. Kind of all the same things we've been hearing all year. What he said wasn't the wasn't the groundbreaker. It was that he was so choked up after a big win like that. And Chris texted me, and I quote, "Dude, he's won me over. Regardless of what happens from here on out, I'm on board." It only took me ten weeks. LOL. So, <laughs> you know, I, I I think that you were being like a tiny bit facetious, but. When you see that, when you see Aiden bopping him on the shoulder and saying, that's my quarterback in a press conference, and he's freaking winning, and he is playing pretty good right now, I think a lot of people are kind of in that same boat. You know what? I don't feel bad for making him earn my love and support. You know what I mean? I've I've been giving my love and support to players over the years too freely. I'm just giving my love and support away, and all it ends up for me is heartbreak. That's all I get out of it. So this year I walked into the season saying, you know what? Cade's going to, well, that's not true because I, I gave JJ my heart right off the bat, but, but, but you've seen his eyes. Come on. When it comes to, I, I don't know. I saw that. I saw that interview. And when you couple that with the toughness, the fact that he has received probably more criticism for a successful quarterback or, or a quarterback of a successful team that I can remember in, in recent history, at least within this market. And He's getting the job done, man. He's a likable kid. He's going to battle with these guys. His team loves him. The coaches love him. And, you know, 
I'm, I'm rallying behind him. I was, I was early on because for the same reason I just brought up is that now that he is settling into this position, I wonder what that does for next year. If Cade wants to come back and play football at the university of Michigan, which I would assume he would, I just, what, what does that mean for your five-star who's going to once again be sitting on the bench and, and having to wait in an era where now you're able to go somewhere else and play if you really want to get that time. So it's just, if nothing else, it's interesting. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. It is interesting. I mean, there, there's a decision to make. There's a decision to make there. I mean, and you know, it was asked, Jim Harbaugh was asked about it over the, on Monday. So was Cade McNamara. Now's not the time. You're not going to get an answer about that, nor should you even be asking about it right now. But it certainly is a topic of discussion. What's going to happen at QB next season? Because both of them are going to be back. Both of them are going to be wanting to be the guy. Cade's got the track record of what, however this season plays out. You, you can't, you can't knock what he did too hard. And then you've got JJ sitting there who has shown flashes and has been used kind of weirdly, but everybody sees the talent. It's, it's so obvious. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's I, I, I wonder what Cade's numbers would look like if he was used in the same manner that, that JJ was, you know, I just, I think that's, you're putting a guy in a difficult spot asking like, people are going right. to say, well, look at the inter interceptions or, you know, JJ had that fumble in that game. It's like, you got to understand it. That's why there was a frustration about the way they were being used is that it just, it didn't seem to make much sense to send your true freshman in on a third and 18 when he hasn't even thrown the ball or haven't, hasn't even been in on a snap yet. So yeah. but there's no, there's no need to get into that. The bottom line is that Kate is the guy and, it took me a while to come in on it, but I'm all in, man. He's he's earned my support for sure, and and I love that the team loves him. And I I still maintain that I think JJ is the more talented quarterback. But but for right now, for this team, for what they're trying to do, clearly it's Cade. And and give credit to Jim Harbaugh and the coaching staff. I think for the first time in a long time, they might have made the right quarterback decision in the off season. And I don't know that that's. You know, that's rare in Ann Arbor these days. Yeah, has been a little bit rare. Um, Cody Ingle says, asks, what, if any, concern do you have with Maryland? We talked a little bit about this on Monday. I do think there's a little bit of concern. Talia Tagovailoa is a, a talented quarterback. They do have some speed and talent at receiver. I think they're a little injured at that position. Michigan is a, what is it, 14 and a half point favorite, I think, at yeah, this gosh. point. Maybe it's moved a little bit since it came out, but... I mean, I would expect Michigan to cover. They've been doing that all year. You see a number that's pretty big. They go out, they lean on you, and then you look up, and all of a sudden they're up three touchdowns. I think it's probably going to be something like that. But, you know, a couple bad bounces on the road. I mean, guys, make you know, knock on wood. I don't ever want to say that. But, you know, uh, uh, somebody gets a little dinged, and it changes the whole outcome of the game. And Maryland has enough talent, I think, to – capitalize on a weird day but i think that i think that's what it would take it would take a weird day for them to be able to get a win against michigan so i, I fully expect michigan to to get a win i'll say relatively easily but we'll we'll look into that a little bit more when friday rolls around but i don't know if concerns the right word but you can't sleepwalk but michigan should win pretty easily i think yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it concern. I would say I'm more like just anxious to get the game here and 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 make sure that Michigan's going to be, you know, locked in and and ready to do what they need to do. And I'll go back to what I said Monday when we talked about this game that 
normally maybe in past years, this would be a game that makes me nervous. You're going out on the road late November game. You've got a big game the following week. It, it seems to have all the, you know, the, the makings of what could be a trap game or a letdown. But I think the mental makeup of this team is just different. And I go back to the leadership. It, it, look at a guy like Cade, look at a guy like Aiden Hutchinson. The, these guys, there is not a chance in hell they're going to let this team sleepwalk through Saturday afternoon. And so when it comes to the, the challenge posed by Maryland, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious. I want to see it underway, but I have absolutely no doubt this team's going to be up and ready to go. Yeah. I said the same thing on the radio today. I, Jamie asked me if I thought if this team was special and I said, I, I think they have some special qualities and I think that leadership is one of them. I think with guys like Aiden Hutchinson, Josh Ross, even Brad Hawkins, who's not a captain, Ronnie Bell, who's still around, the new young coaches who are just, you know, rolling on energy and emotion still through yeah. this first year. It feels different. It does. Cade, you mentioned, you know, getting the getting the support from his teammates publicly and I'm sure privately too. So yeah, it's it feels it feels different. And obviously when you're nine and one, it's it's not just lip service at this point. During, you know, early part of the year, they hadn't played some of the better teams that I was skeptical, but I'm not now. And that's 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 why watching these games play out is so important. And uh, I'm, I'm with you. I think the leadership will keep them going week to week. You hear it all the time. Every team across the country, oh, we're just focusing on the next game. And that's our. I, I believe that when this team says it and it's played out that way on the field. So I think we'll see the same thing in college. Basketball. I mean, do you watch the way Aiden Hutchinson performs on the field? I mean, he's just so yeah. every time he's so locked in, he's, he's like violent, he's aggressive. He's got the. I'm thinking that guy is just on a different level right now. And yeah. I'm sure when it's in the weight room or you're going through the week that if Aiden Hutchinson's in the vicinity that, and you heard it from guys in the off season that they were watching the way that he was working and felt like they needed to sort of, you know, pick up and do, yeah. you know, Step try up. to keep up. And so I think he's really carried that into the season. And I'm sure that, uh, like I said, with him on the roster, I have no concern. Don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but I've never seen it before. So we'll throw it up there. Jim Harbaugh's pants caught on fire folks. I did. I'm not going to do the hot seat joke because I'm I'm not that's not that's not what we're talking about right now. But <laughs> the fact that he roasted off his Lululemon pants, dude, and was, you know, had him burned down to the to the underlayer, the the base layer, I that I could have been bad. I mean, I imagine that could have been bad for him on the sidelines over there, but quality quality gear kept his skin protected. Did you see the interview he did with Brad Galley where he talked about, I did, was it where he was, he was, I knew he was talking about, he said he was talking to Roman Wilson and maybe another receiver when they were like, I think you're on fire. Yeah. Dalen <laughs> was like, Hey coach, I think you're on fire. Like, very calmly and slowly. And Jim said, if anything, it's a teaching point. I could tell Dalen to be a little bit more emphatic. Like, Hey coach, you you're go. on fire. And Jim said, yeah, they're up in my office. Pretty expensive pants. I think I'll make them into shorts. And I'm like, perfect. That's perfect, Jim Harbaugh, <laughs> right there. That is flawless, Jim Harbaugh. He will be in the cutoff Lululemon jorts at the end of the with season with the cleats. With the cleats. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I'd never seen that before. Pretty cool. A uh, couple pretty cool shots of his yeah. pants from from over the weekend. Um, but yeah, that was that was interesting. Never saw that before. Um, let's see. Um, I see some lot of questions about JJ and Cade. I mean, you know, it's it's gonna have to play out. Yeah. Somebody asked specifically, where is that one? Ron Thomas, are you saying that we could see JJ not become the starter until his junior year? I just, I don't know how you get there with with how you can transfer and play now. I just don't know how that would how that would go. I I, I don't know, man. I mean, I know JJ's been all in and he's Michigan through and through, but that, a kid like that's not built to sit and watch. 
doesn't Cade have three years of eligibility left yeah. because of the COVID year? So I mean, yeah. he, you know, he could opt, he could opt to come back for that third year for for an extra year. Sophomore, yes, you know, you, yeah. So I I agree with Brandon one hundred percent. I don't think you'll see it get to a point where JJ would wait till his junior year to start. Now, obviously, we're speculating. I don't know what's in his head, and he might sure. be willing to sit for two years, but. Uh, I can tell you people who are competitors, people who like to play ball, they want to be in the game competing and playing ball. They don't want to be on the sideline. And that's why they, they choose the program that they go to. So yeah, he, I, I can't see him sitting for another full year. I like this question. Let's throw it up. Other than from Jacob, Jacob Lovell, Lovell, Lovell uh, pronunciations here. I'm trying to get them right. Other than David Ojabo, who's the most pleasant surprise on defense? Who you got, Chris? Mozzie Smith. Mozzie Smith comes to mind. Mozzie Smith, he transformed his body in the offseason. You know, he he had spent a couple years in the program. Obviously, there was a lot of excitement around his recruitment. He's a he's a homegrown kid, but never kind of broke through the first two years. And then, you know, through his diet and his nutrition, he transformed his body. I think he's playing in a defense that suits his skill set a little bit better. And he's he's a focal point on the defense. I mean, he's he's a big time contributor. And I would say it was really nice to see him step into that role that you knew he was going to need to step into that role, given how slim they were on the defensive line and he's done it and lived up to it. And, and I can see Jeremy saying DJ Turner, uh, obviously another great choice there. DJ Turner is having a hell of a year. Can I cheat a little bit and say Mike McDonald? Yeah. How about that? Okay. I'm not the new DC who's putting all these pieces together. And so far through 10 games has really had like one blip. And that was, you know, letting Kenneth Walker run wild. I mean, like, yeah, you know, the, and the subs, you know, Michigan State wasn't his best game, but he's a rookie DC. He's only a 30, you know, 33 years old or whatever it is, never called off uh, defenses before. He's been damn good. Every week he's been good. There's been things to point at, signs of progress, lots of detail. I think he's been really good. If I was going to pick a player, mm, I mean, yeah, Ojabo's the obvious choice. I think I'll say Mike Morris. Mike Morris has been. Yeah strong i mean he's got an interception on the year he looks the part he looks more comfortable out there they're playing him quite a bit and let's be honest there's a there's a good shot he's going to need to play a massive role next year because uh i mean i'd be surprised if if aiden hutchinson i mean aiden hutchinson he he is gone i think yeah. there's no doubt about that and david ojabo might be as well and they're they're slightly different i mean morris is bigger he's a he's more of like your true defensive end kind of build um Hutchinson's kind of like in between. He looks more like a DN to me. And then Ojabo is like that true hybrid stand up all the time, you know, 6'5, 250. So we'll see. We'll see what that looks like. But I think Mike Morris has been pretty damn good this year, too. But I've been very impressed with Mike McDonald. I was not, um, I didn't hate the hire, but I, I had, I think it came with a lot of question marks when they picked him to run the defense for his, for the first time ever. And I think he's, he's answered well, I think, in, yeah. in a pretty big way, in a pretty big way. Um, let's see what else we got here. Oh, uh, well, he's, they've got two games to do it. Adam Molnar. A bunch of these names got a couple of different ways to pronounce Adam Molnar. Molnar. Does Hutchinson or Ojabo get the two sacks they need against Maryland to tie that single season record? I would not be surprised. Not after what I saw on Saturday. I mean, at this point, it's probably like, it's got to be above like 70% that they'll both break the record. Don't you? One think? of them's going to, I think it's a hundred percent that one of them gets it. Yeah. As far right. as, as for tying it this week, I will see, but they both have, 
a minimum of three games left to get there. I mean, like, you know, bowl bowl games count as well. So, and and then if they somehow can beat Ohio State, you've got a Big Ten championship. I mean, playoffs? It seems Playoffs? Yeah, seems inevitable, but we'll see. I mean, they've been they've been outstanding. Been so much fun to watch those two guys, man. Holy cow! Especially, ooh, especially. I saw, I saw a good question by Cody Engel. Well, I'll wait. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to skip over. I don't want to do a lot of questions on this because it's like it's not that exciting of a question. But I really want to just use the button one more time because it's been a while. Will Jake Moody break the record for most made field goals this weekend? What's he need to get? Three? I think he's three two. to break it, or is maybe it three. Three, three to, to break it, two to tie. I think. I think that's right. I think it's two to tie, three to break. I don't think so. I don't think Maryland's going to shut Michigan's offense down very much. Their their defense isn't that good. Um, but well, you know, he's that seems to be another record that's going to fall this year with the, the amount of games that Michigan has left. I think it really depends. Like we've seen Michigan in situations where. If they don't need to score, they're not all that interested in scoring touchdowns. I think Rutgers was a perfect example of that. They were content kicking field goals. I hope we don't see that in Maryland where, you know, Michigan's able to run the ball quite a bit. The defense is doing well and and the office and just content settling for field goals. But I, I could see I could see him breaking it in College Park for sure. Yeah, we'll see. Is it the which question are you looking at from Cody? Is it the team which team, which the team, which team would win? Which team would win this year's team or the revenge tour team? So is that 2016 versus now was, Re- right? was revenge tour 2016? Was it 16 or 18 with Winovich? I think that might've been 18. It's probably 18. Yeah. 16. Winovich, was- Gary Patterson. Yeah. All those guys. Okay. Uh, Good question. Ooh. This team. I say this team because I think Aiden Hutchinson is is the X factor. I think he's the difference maker. I like I take Cade McNamara over Shea Patterson. I can tell you that. I like our I like our receiving core. I like our running back group more. I yeah, I take I take this year's team. Yeah, that's that's the I like the coaching staff more. I like the mental makeup more. Matter of fact, that to me now, the more I talk about this, no brainer for you. You got Don Brown on the defense still in 2018. Come on, no, 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 no. Yeah, I think I think it might be this team. This team just 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 finds ways, man. They lean on you. They wear you down. They wear you down. You look up. You're down three touchdowns. I mean, that's that has happened so many times this year where I'm like, that's a big spread. I don't know. I don't know. Second quarter, you're like, dude, they're never going to touch that spread. And then end of the game, they covered. It's like it's happened like yeah. five times. Um, you know, not against very good teams, but still the the formula works, and it's worked all but once this year. So, yeah, it's it's hard to argue it at this point. This is a good question, I think. Will's Wolverine report from YouTube. Do you think Michigan can recover next year if Ojabo, Hutchinson, and Haskins are all gone? Um, I mean, you could go you could go position by position. I mean, dude. You start replacing two guys at DN who are both potentially going to break the sack record in the same season. That's a lot. And yeah. they don't have guys like them behind them. They're, where are you going to re- replace 25 sacks? Where are you going to find that? They you know? don't. You know, they've got some decent bodies there, some guys who have played a little football, but they they don't have they don't have two guys like that that can come in and and do those kinds of you know things. what's you know what's funny that this has really been a big change <clears throat> from the beginning of the year to this point in the season. At the beginning of the year, it was this team's gonna need a year, they're gonna need a year to gel, the coaching staff's gonna need a year to get it together. And now we're talking about 
this is the year because next year could be that, you know, everybody thought this year was the rebuild year, but based on what they might be losing after this season, it, it's starting to feel like everything is right there for, for Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines to grab it and take, you know, take hold of it. And it, it, it kind of feels like this is one of those years where you got to get it done. You just have to get it done because next year is going to be, it's not going to get any easier next year. Yeah. I don't know. Daxon Hill, could he be gone too? Probably. Maybe. I mean, he's being talked about as the second best safety in the draft behind Kyle Hamilton, Kyle Hamilton from uh, Notre Dame, who's a projected, you know, top 10, top 15 pick. So if, if, if Dax is next on that board and he's, you know, he's on that board that way for NFL teams, it's going to be, you know, I don't know why he would come back either. I mean, you know, like Michigan fans want all these guys to come back, but you, you have to think about the realistic scenario that these these players are in. Football shelf lives are short. They can go get that paycheck right away. I mean, it it's it really is amazing to me, honestly, that anybody ever comes back when yeah. when like when the draft when the draft potential is is strong. I'm not I'm not talking about your guys who are like ah, I'm going to test the waters and they stick in the draft and they get picked in the sixth round. It's like why why the hell didn't they come back? But I'm talking. Guys who have first or second round grades, like like maybe all three of the I don't know about Haskins, but Ojabo Hutchinson and maybe Daxon Hill, depending on where he's falling in draft boards. Like I don't know how you I don't know how you how you convince them to come back. I really don't. I don't know. No, and, and and didn't we got confirmation right on the uh the NIL stuff with Ojabo, right? So so yeah, we know that at least there's, there's another factor there. I know that people think like, yeah, come back, you know, get some extra experience and, and, you know, accomplish your goals, but you're right. It's, it's, there's more that goes into that. And I think these guys are really starting to look at this from a business standpoint and what's going to be best for their future. And if, if that means coming back, great. If it means going pro, you know, I fully support that as well. These, these guys, you know, when you, when you go, when you're David Ojabo and you go from basically off the radar to a projected top 10 pick, I don't know that you can sort of turn your back to whatever opportunity is going to come your way and gamble that it's going to be there the next year. Just things change too quickly. Things happen. You got to strike. Yeah, Chris, I think you have a story. Are you still planning on coming with a story about yes. the NFL thing? Yes. Okay, so yep. Chris will have a deeper dive into this in the, in the coming days, but uh, I reached out to a spokesperson at Michigan because remember for anybody who was here earlier in the year, when David Ojabo joined us, he said that he was not able to, to make any money through the NIL stuff because he was foreign born. And I reached out and got this statement back. Um, international student athletes may have difficulty in participating with NIL agreements because anyone who is in this country on a student visa is not permitted to work in the same ways that U S citizens are. Uh, basically that's the best general answer that I could get. Um, uh, there's campus resources all over the place for the students who are affected by different NIL rules and that different individual outcomes might be found. So it's not like a hard and fast, like there's no way Ojabo can, can, can do an NIL uh, a deal. And Julius Welskoff would be the other one who's from Germany on Michigan's football team. Um, I guess that would apply to Caleb Houston too, right? He's born in Canada. Um, yeah. anyway, um, it's an interesting thing that I never even knew was a, I didn't even know was a thing until Ojabo kind of casually mentioned it to us when we were on the live stream. I was like, Whoa, yeah. that's, that's something I did not know about. And yeah, I mean, that's a bummer. Uh, you know, like it says in the, in the, in the statement I got back, there might be workarounds or ways you can get around it. 
depending on what the deal might be or what kind of work it is. But I think yeah, it's just, it's one more of those things where, you know, if, if you're staring at, do I, do I want to come back and, and finish school and put in another year and, and maybe kind of, you know, live off of the NIL stuff and, or I can sign a multi-million dollar contract and, and, you know, everything that I've been working towards is being offered to me right now. It's just, I think, I think too many times, like people as fans, they're like, yes, come back. You love Michigan and you want Michigan to do well, but these guys, they're planning for their future, man. They're going to have families. They've got lives that, you know, it's, it's a big decision. And I guarantee anybody in the comment section or anybody reading online, if you were looking at a contract like that, probably going to take it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I I've, I've thought about it myself, you know, in my own personal <laughs> stance, like if you, anytime you can cash a check like that, it, I don't know how you turn it down. I really don't. Um, this is an interesting little discussion. Cause I think they're both going to kill it. Cody Ingle again, better combine Hutchinson or Ojabo. I, mean, I think Hutchinson, I just Hutchinson, probably across the board. Hutchinson his measurables are going to be better. He's bigger. He's going to have more reps. He's, he's not going to be slow. Um, you know, his, his standing, uh, standing jump is going to be explosive. His vertical is probably going to be solid. I would guess like the more purely athletic, like explosive numbers might be a little bit more in Ojabo's favor, the 40 and maybe the vertical, but everything else, I, I think Aiden would probably have the edge. I mean, if they do, do they still do the Powerball? I can't remember. That might be a Nike spark thing anyway, but like bench press, I would expect Hutchinson to have the edge there. He's a little bit bigger, a little bit heavier technique still, i would say yeah I mean, he's still gonna know. run really well he's still gonna he's gonna look like a pro yeah. in all of those agility drills and going over the bags and stuff like that i mean i you know you get to that level they all obviously look pretty freaking good but and i think I, that's I, what's that's why it's such a big surprise with ojabo is that hutchinson is the more polished of the two he's been you know he's the more experienced of the two and so when it comes to like combine i would expect hutchinson to perform better but ojabo is an athletic freak he was what he was a track star right in yeah. high school he won the 100 I mean, meter dash in New Jersey for the prep schools. That's insane. I, I mean, he's I, eating quarterbacks. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's literally, you know, sub, I forget what he ran 10, 10, seven or 10, eight. I don't somewhere in that range. We well, we were talking to my friend, Nick, uh, Nick Maximchuk this weekend, who was the fastest kid in our school. Went not went on to play DB at a small college. I mean, good athlete, a good athlete was a track guy his whole life. And his fastest time was like a 10, nine, one. I think that was like slower than Ojabo at six, five, two fifty. It's unbelievable. I mean, dudes that big aren't supposed to run like that. So yeah, he'll, 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 uh, he'll perk some people up. He'll definitely perk some people up at the combine, but I think probably overall, and then you put on the tape and then you think about, uh, sustained success and what, you know, what an NFL guy looks like and should be able to do coming out of college and, that's probably Hutchinson, but I'm telling you what, man, some of those spin moves and some of the things that Ojabo has put on tape this year are special. Like there's NFL guys not throwing down full speed spin moves like that, keeping their balance and then their angle and getting to the quarterback. And he's done it multiple times. So I tried, I tried to do it in my living room to my son the other day and I almost sprained my ankle. Like if there you go, there you go. No pants on legs in the air. I mean, it's a terrible sight to see. With Chris trying to do when when this mask gets spinning right. really fast, it's it doesn't do what I want it to do. <laughs> you like saw a, did you you saw me slide in the house? I tried to do that that Tom Cruise slide through the hallway, and I I slid right into a heating unit. 
Well, I also saw you almost blow a meniscus on the on the grass out there when we were playing catch for a little bit at wow. the Penn State game. So that's because I go all out on the gridiron. He goes hard, folks. He goes hard. That's what uh, that's what Chris Browler's all about. Going hard. About um, the party this Saturday night, man. Is that that's your mom asking, isn't it? She's we, have we developed a reputation now over the last week and a half of two weeks, I guess. Whatever we do on the weekend, couple of party boys. Listen, we're we're very professional. 37 year old fathers i wish i had some like classical music right now i don't um (laughs) but no i don't i don't i don't anticipate having a party this weekend do you i'm i'm good i'm chilling i'm chilling i'm gonna i'm gonna hydrate i'm gonna eat uh eat some good you know well it's not gonna be good food but it's gonna be good to me it's gonna taste good good. there you go there you go i mean that's right cody the party doesn't stop really i mean there's always a, a some semblance of a party going on um but no, 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 no real events lined up this weekend. No, no road trips with the homies across the country. No, you know, no road trip for the game. Chris and I will be at home with the family watching this game on Saturday. We will still come on afterwards uh, for the live. We'll still have a couple stories post game, but um, yeah, won't be, uh, won't be, won't be in person at the game this weekend. I, you know. It's something we got to think about. Chris has got, he's got lofty plans for the wing talent and Wolverine digest about what we're going to do and what we're going to move into big, 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 big plans over the, if anybody out there has a, uh, well to, uh, well running loaded RV that they're trying to get rid of, <laughs> we might just be in the market. We might just be in the market for a road show. And, uh, it's something, I don't know. It's, was it a joke to start or was it always like, kind no, of, I'm dead. I'm quite serious. Yeah. I right, mean, well. uh, like, like an RV, you guys, I mean, listen, we, we took, and it wasn't bad. We took six guys. We piled into like a traverse. There was a third row seating. It was perfect for six guys, but I mean, nothing beats a group of guys in an RV traveling across country to a football game, rolling up at the tailgate. I mean, that's the way to do it. I mean, the only thing that can make our job possibly better is if we can add an RV into the mix. And I do want to say, Michael, I might be high, but I would still take Kate over Shay in a heartbeat. Is that crazy? Am I crazy? I don't I, like. I, I didn't. I didn't care for Shay's leadership. I didn't care. I, well, I like what I like what Kate's got going. You've got oh, dude. A go. There we go. RV. Get us an RV. I promise it will pay off for the viewership. I promise. Wow. We just need like 150 G's. That's it. Wow. I'm not really like a handout kind of guy, but if it, it resulted in getting me a damn RV, I might have the hands just, I might put them right out there <laughs> and sell seats for the trips to the, to the viewers. There you go. Oh man. Uh, we'll, we'll bring a couple fans with us. We could do a drawing and say, hop in, let's go. We'll have a ticket Dude, a for raffle. You. We'll drink beer all the way. We'll talk sports. We'll bring you on the pod. I'm telling you, man, big things in the hopper. Big, big things. Get an RV sponsorship. Dude, we wouldn't even need to buy it. You're talking about the rental RV sponsorship? We just do that. We work with a company, right? Get one every week and just pump them up. Take. (laughs) I love these people, man. I love it. Take my money. What's that? What's that? That thing where the guy they bang the credit card on the table? Here, here. 
Take the well, money. hey, it's gonna be, next year. It's gonna be we'll take it up to this year has been fun, but I think once we have a full off season together to plan, we're gonna have some cool things in the hopper. Listen, I'm gonna fade the music back out because I thought we were getting ready to to wrap it, and we are. We're, I'm not gonna launch in anything real, real in depth here. But Chris, you and I have talked about this, man. We're a year in. That's it. A year, like literally, yeah. I took over this. I took over Wolverine Digest, and we linked up with the with the winged helmet. On uh, November 1st. And so we're just over a year in. Chris technically doesn't even really have a year in because the first month was kind of like a trial period. Yeah. Um, and I, I couldn't be happier with how things are going. We're starting to carve out a little niche. I think we do have some people who like what we're doing. We really appreciate that. And we would love to do some of that stuff we're talking about. I mean, I don't know if it's in the budget yet, but some of these ideas or you get a sponsorship or you do a GoFundMe or you do. I Look, man. I feel blessed to be in this position that we're in the stuff that we get to do for a job. It's pretty amazing. And we're just trying to, we're just trying to bring good content to you. So I hope you guys, I hope you guys enjoy it. Cause I know we sure do. And, uh, all right, now I'll start the music back up. Cause I think we can fade out on that note, but dude, I want to say, I'll throw this up. I don't know about me. I don't know if I'm famous Brady, but this guy right here, Chris, Chris Breiler, was getting <laughs> mob. At the Penn State game during the tailgate, he had. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say mob. Two people. It was two people, but he had his winged helmet on, winged helmet hat on, and somebody walked by and said, "Oh, love the hat, man!" And then he saw he, he did like a double take. He's like, "Are you him? Are you the guy?" And Chris was like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, see, I got to be careful how I answer that because that might have been somebody I pissed off. I'm the guy. <laughs> and then they hugged. I think he hugged a couple men. Hugged a couple men. Yeah, man. Sports. Man, I love it. Man, sports. Um, Good stuff, man. I like it. We'll be back on Friday. Like I said, we will talk to a Maryland expert, take a deep dive into what the Terps are all about. We'll have a little bit more of a structured show that day like we always do with our, our segments. But I'm, I'm really starting to enjoy these Wednesday shows. Man. I love we, this, man. I love this. Kinda, these, these guys, these guys show up. Every single yeah. time they bring good questions, great <laughs> topics, man. And there's it's no fun. prep. We just sit down and go. I mean, not I that was, I ever... was napping before we hopped on. I literally woke up five minutes before, washed my face, and came sat. Not down that here. there's not that there's like a ton of prep for the other ones, but there is. I mean, we've got we've got segments, and I write some things out, and I get some things together. Uh, but this show, we just we just hop on. We sit down. You guys bring the topics, and we get into it. So. Appreciate that as always. We'll be back on Friday night. Can't wait for Saturday from the couch, from the couch on Saturday. But we'll talk to you first before that on Friday. Deep dive into Maryland. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate you.